A kickback is a get-together consisting of close friends and family. It's more than a hangout, but less than a party. Be careful though, a kickback can very easily turn into a full-fledged function. I'm Michael Roy, and this is The Kickback. Hello and welcome to my show where I sit down and talk with people that would be at a kickback I would be having. Um, and today I am coming to you live from Midtown Manhattan with the infamous <laughs> John Michael. Do you, uh, is it okay? Just leave it at John Michael. No. Oh, John Michael Washington. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> welcome sir i am so excited right now okay good <laughs> i'm glad you're excited um okay so john michael before we get into that by that i mean like everything that we're about to talk about right, right. excuse me y'all we just came back from eating and i like i get um i'd be getting tired <laughs> i'd be getting tired and like a little bit um did see but um okay john michael can we yes. talk about your name because that was when i first met you that was like the the most interesting thing i've yeah. ever yeah um i will say this backstory you were the very first person i met at howard yeah and you know and that's that is one of the questions i asked okay, so before okay, you, yeah. okay, okay. No, I'm, I'm getting ahead i'm getting ahead <laughs> um yeah so my name uh john michael washington um i don't have a middle name um so I was, my parents had this whole thing about my name. I was, my mom wanted to name me Blake. My dad said, absolutely not. Right, because you're not a Caucasian man. Right, <laughs> right. Um, and she said, if I was a girl, she wanted to name me Cameron Elise. So I was just like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And I think the Elise part came from my grandmother. Her name is Elsie. Okay. So that would have been like a spinoff of her name. but. They settled on John Michael because John is my grandfather's name. Okay. Um, except he spells it J-O-H-N and I spell it J-O-N. Mm -hmm. And Michael, two things. One, it was the only name that my parents could agree on because yeah. Blake was a no-go. <laughs> and the other part, I was born Catholic, so they wanted to name me after the Archangel Michael. Listen, and it's a good name. Yeah. And that's a good angel. Yeah. So, <laughs> listen, uh, so I used to tell people, like, when I used to try and when I would be very intoxicated and be in bars, I would tell girls, like, oh, they were like, oh, what's your name? I'm like, it's Michael, but I'm no angel. And it would... <laughs> work on certain types of girls right and we're gonna leave the good that girls. At, yeah i'm gonna leave that at that <laughs> um, okay john michael is your first name yes okay i just want i want the people to know the people need to know yes i want them to understand that they are not to approach you on the street and call you john it is john michael oh, i don't respond yeah okay <laughs> he sure does not i've seen it you do not um how are you i'm good I'm good. You know, I have no, there's a lot going on in life. Life mm -hmm. is being life, mm -hmm. but life is, life is good right now. Okay. And, um, I don't know if I thanked you already, but thank you for coming to the kickbacks. You were invited to all my kickbacks. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about all the kickbacks. Okay, good. <laughs> I haven't been to one in a long time, so it's about time. Um, okay, good. So then let's talk about that. Where, if one were to show up at a kickback and someone was like, oh yeah, John Michael's here where would I go to find you at the kickback? Like, where are you? I am likely standing somewhere between the bar and the speaker that's probably propped in the living room. Uh -huh. <laughs> so like going to a kickback first stop is what kind of alcohol is there? You know, I mm -hmm. probably brought a bottle of crown apple. So that means I'm looking for the ginger ale Yes, yes. and a couple cues of ice. Um, you know, yeah. So I'm somewhere, Somewhere close to the bar, close enough to the bar to refill my cup, but close enough to the speaker to be like, okay, where's the DJ? Okay, okay. <laughs> do you, 
are you looking for the ox cord? Is that like the type? Well, we don't do ox cords anymore. Is it like you're looking to blue, like connect the Bluetooth? <laughs> it depends. You know, some people's houses, um, you get a feel for the music, mm-hmm. you know, first five minutes, mm-hmm. this is about to be lit or it's about to be like, whose phone is this? <laughs> um, but most times I'm like, I'm chilling. You know, I'm good. Okay. Okay, so let's talk about what you were getting ready to talk about. How long have we known each other? Oh, God. We have known each other since August 2008. Damn. Do you even remember the month? Well, I mean, it was yeah, when school started. You're, you're right. You're right. I was just like, we were in freshman orientation. You're, you are right. You are right. Freshman orientation at Howard University in yeah. Washington, D.C. Yeah. Um, and that's when we met. So that's how many years that is 12 years. Jesus. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The fact that I was sitting here like doing the math like shit. Yeah. Because I like immediately I thought 12. I was like, no, it can't be that. <laughs> it can't be that long. 12 years. Okay. Um, cool. So how, how did we first meet? Can you tell the people how we first met? So I remember... Right outside of Crampton, mm-hmm. um, my mom was about to leave and she started crying and all that other stuff, whatever. And so she's like, first she told me, she's like, you know, you're going to have a culture shock. You're not used to being around this many black people. <laughs> so like, you know, just try and make friends. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, OK, <laughs> like as a kid, I wasn't like the most social kid. Right. So I'm like, all right, we got to go make friends again. So I think I came in and I went in on the left side and I was like, nobody over here looks friendly. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I went over to to the right side and I was like, oh, okay. And then I, I think you were already sitting there uh-huh. and you weren't sitting next to anybody. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hi, I'm John Michael. And you were like, I'm Michael. And I'm like, oh shit. Like yeah. we damn near have the same fucking name. <laughs> And I don't remember anything after that moment. Yeah. Like, anything after that moment. So so first impressions of me were that I was just nice and a loner. Not nice. <laughs> I wouldn't say loner, uh-huh. but like nice enough to be like high. Yeah. You know. So let me tell you how you saved my life. Like you <laughs> saved my... So everybody... For, to all the people who went to college, you know this to be true. Like, everybody has a built-in friend when you first get there, like, th- being your roommate. Then right. you just walk around with them and you make friends and sometimes you end up being friends and sometimes you're just roommates, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, you just are sharing space. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, my roommate had not shown up. Like, he was not mm. there. Greg was not. Shout oh out to Greg. Oh, my God, Greg. <laughs> I, I need, loved Greg. I, yes, I invite Greg to the kickback all the time, but he is chefing it up in North Carolina, but I'm going to get him one of these days. Yeah, but, he so, definitely needs to be. Right, so Greg did not come. I don't know why, but Greg didn't come, and I was by myself, and my dad was like, oh, you might have a room to yourself, and I was mortified because I was just like, literally, like your mom said, the biggest culture shock yeah. ever. Yeah. Like, I never in my life felt so like in need of a credit card and a trip to the mall. <laughs> like when you show up at Howard from your yeah. high school bullshit, like yeah. you realize that you are not in Kansas anymore yeah, at all. This is New York fashion week. Like yeah. you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do remember there was a moment when they were like, Stand up if you were on prom court mm, when you were in like high school. Everybody, yeah, stood up. and I was like, "What the? Where am I?" <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, every we have the saying. Everybody was the Beyonce. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, everybody. And so, and that's what I appreciate about Howard. Either you rise to the occasion and find out how to just be a different type of Beyonce, or yeah. you're the type of person you're who needs to be the second lead singer of the group. Right, you're, you're the second lead singer, or you're the type of person that can only stand to be the only Beyonce, so you leave. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, uh, no shade to anybody who left, but, like, it's true. So, <laughs> uh, um, I just remember, okay, so that that being true, everyone was walking around, and, like, I just, like, found myself wanting to talk to people so bad, but, like, ha- didn't have the courage. And so I was sitting in Crampton, and I was like, alone and depressed. And in walks 
John Michael. I was like, hi. And I was like, hi. <laughs> hi. We need to be friends right now. <laughs> right now. And, and ever since then. Yeah. We've been friends ever since then. Ever that, since that moment. Yes. Um, okay. So I'd like uh, to talk a little bit about what you do for a living. Okay. Can you explain that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so I am a the director of operations for a financial consulting firm. That's my spiel. Okay. I'm from DC and everybody has their spiel. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, but the type of financial consulting that we do is a little different. So it's not like, hey, I'm an individual. I make X amount of money. I want to do investments, you know, or I'm trying to develop a budget or something like that. That's not the type of financial consultancy mm -hmm. we are. So we work with um, government organizations, financial institutions, and international banks and help them prevent bad actors from moving money around the world. Mm. So, for example, we'll work with a, um, a financial institution that's like based out of a problem part of the world. So be Iran, Saudi Arabia, Qatar. I'm you know. noticing a pattern. Yeah. <laughs> like that. Yeah. That region of the world. That region of the world is like our biggest client base. Uh -huh. And, you know, say there is a terrorist organization that is using one of those banks in one of those countries to house their money or money launder money through that particular bank. So basically, if the U.S. government finds out about that, they will sanction that country or they will sanction that bank. And there mm -hmm. will be some type of you need to pay a fine or you're locked out of the American financial system or they'll freeze all your assets, whatever the case may be. OK, so we help banks combat against those bad actors. So we'll train everybody from the executive team all the way down to the teller when you walk into the front door wow. of, of the brick and mortar establishment okay. to say, these are the types of processes and procedures you need to have in place in order to either be in compliance with your own local law right. or with, you know, U.S. regulation. And like they're like and also like preventative measures or like what to look out for. Right. What to look out for. So say, okay. for example, there's a bank in Mexico mm -hmm. and there is a, you know, cartel member named Jose, mm -hmm. whoever. Mm -hmm. we're going to help you put in place processes and procedures on how to identify the right Jose uh, okay. and prevent him from using your bank in any way. Okay. Creating a savings account, whatever. But what if they don't want to stop that? Like, doesn't Jose from the cartel have the right to bank? Well, he would be on the sanctions list. OK, so there is, you know, with the Department of the Treasury, there's a whole sanctions list of individuals, mm -hmm. organizations, banking institutions, financial institutions around the world. So literally we help these organizations say this person shouldn't have an account or. But like, you who are we? Be. Who are we? So to say that Jose can't have a, an account, and you know, that's the question. But since most transactions, if not all of the uh -huh. financial transactions somehow hit New York. Mm, okay. At some point. Okay. So federal regulation or federal law in the United States basically trumps everywhere else mm -hmm. because if an American or an American company or, you know, a financial institution who has cartel money running through them, has, then that's an issue. Yeah, that's an issue. Okay. Because say, for example, my bank in in Mexico is trying to do a transaction with a bank in the UK. Mm hmm. That transaction may hit a financial institution in the U.S. Right. to actually make the transfer. Right. You know, right. so because a U.S. entity is involved, mm. you're now need to be in compliance with U.S. law. OK, I get it now. Yeah. OK, it's, it's the wildest thing ever, but I can only talk about it because. I have to know what the business is in order to help run it. Right. You know, like I had have no dealings with the substance or the um, the actual day to day consultative measures of the work. Uh -huh. But I have to know what we do in order to make sure that my different teams around the world understand and have the resources that they need to do their jobs. Okay, and then just to be clear, you 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 said your teams around the world, like yeah. you you manage all the teams around the world. So I don't necessarily manage the teams around the world, Damn but it's it. like like they're my people. Okay, you know, okay. like <laughs> so, like for example, you know, with all of this stuff going on with Iran and stuff, we had mm -hmm. to cancel some trips because yeah. some of our 
some of our employees, like their flights will fly over Iran and Iraq and stuff like yeah, that to with, get to our clients. Apparently they accidentally shooting people Right, down and they're so. shooting down planes and stuff. So we're like, <laughs> uh, nix that trip. Right. Um, but like, I care about these people. You right. know, they're doing, at the end of the day, you know, we're really impacting people's lives. Mm-hmm. So if it's like, if we can stop a terrorist organization or a, you know, local bad actor from getting the funds that he needs mm-hmm. to, you know, build a dirty bomb or whatever the case may be, inadvertently as it may be, right. we're helping to save somebody's life. You are. Yeah. So you're a lifesaver. And these people, and these people that are on the ground, like our, the people that work for our firm, they're literally on the ground in these banks teaching and training and doing stuff like that. That's awesome. You know, it's, it's really cool. Okay. So... Oh, just really quick. I made a joke about planes being shot down and, and chuckled. I just it, I just want everyone to understand that I know that that is not something to make light of. It's just, it, you know. It's an unfortunate reality. It's an unfortunate reality. And I think that sometimes we laugh to keep from crying yeah. because right now. The world is just ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that is where you are now. Correct me if I'm wrong. You were a poli sci major. I was a poli sci Okay, so let's talk about your journey because this is not what you went to school for, sir. At all. <laughs> so, um, okay, first of all, where are you from? So I was born in Maryland, but okay. raised in Atlanta. I know you were born in Maryland. Yeah. What part yeah, of Maryland? Yeah, I was born in Columbia, Maryland. Shut up. Yep. And I. Where are your parents from? So my mom is from Maryland and my dad is from Boston. I did. What? What? <laughs> How did they end up in Atlanta? Or So. My my mom went to Penn State. My dad went to Penn State. Oh, that's how they um, met. And that's how they met. Okay. But my mom ended up transferring to University of Maryland and getting her degree from there. Mm-hmm. They actually got married in the chapel on their campus. Really? Maryland Chapel. Yeah. Dang. Um, yeah. So then, well, I was I was there because you know, right? Pre marriage. Right. <laughs> you were in the belly. Right. Yeah. Um, you were no. Cooking. I was four. Oh, you were four. I was four years old. Ooh, I was be mad in, that you shared that. I was in the wedding. And are you? Everything. Are you were the ring bearer? <laughs> I was. <laughs> oh, and the day cute. of the wedding, I lost the ring. Are you serious? Yeah. Did they ever find it? I think my grandmother found it. Where was it? Like it was like under one of the benches. Like there are very few things that you remember from your childhood, yeah. but that was one of those moments where you're like, oh shit. But like, what were you doing? Like. Being like a little, a little kid, like I was four, and you like entrusted me with the rings. Yeah, that's not yeah <laughs> on a pillow. I, I don't even think they do that anymore. Yeah, like actually no. give them the rings. I yeah. think they literally walk down with empty pillows. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But, but okay, so they got married, and then they they got married, and then um, we were living. So you were born in Maryland. Mm-hmm. I was okay. born in Maryland. So you're full circle now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was born in Maryland. Stayed in Maryland for a few years, um, and then we moved to Atlanta. Uh huh. Um, and I was living there ever since. And then, you know, basically came back for Howard. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then as many of us do, you come to DC for Howard and, and then you, you get stuck. Yeah, you get stuck. <laughs> and and you then stay. you I mean, honestly, for a while there I couldn't imagine living anyplace else. Yeah. I like I and still part of me is like when I come back to DC, I'm always like, Oh, I'm home. Like yeah. part of, it feels like home. Yeah. It does. Yeah, um, it's like every time I think about leaving, something happens. Yeah. That reminds me this is where you're supposed to be. Yeah. And, but and not only that, but like, and granted, I don't know. I'm biased. I, I don't really like Southern culture. <laughs> I mean, well, well, when I say that, I mean that I'm originally from California Yeah, and then I like, you know, went to school on the East coast. Mm-hmm. And so Southern culture is very foreign to me. Yeah. It's very different. Yeah. And I think that just because something's different doesn't mean it's wrong. It's yeah. just, I'm not a good, like, I just not a good fit for me. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Cause like I even, even though I was born in Maryland, I still count like Georgia as home. Yeah. You know, so like when I go back and people are like, hi, how are you? Yeah. You know, I'm still like, wait, <laughs> why are you talking? <laughs> why are you talking to me? <laughs> like, do I like and you like I'm driving my dad's car when I go home and people are like waving and shit. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, you actually see me. Yeah. And then and back to D.C. and your head's down. So so could you what about which do you prefer, Atlanta or D.C.? Right now, I would say DC. Okay, like because I, I still feel like I most of my life was in Atlanta, but I left before I could really do anything. Mm, you so you know? haven't experienced Atlanta as like an adult, right? Right. Aside from going home, right? You know, for the couple days that you go home for holidays and stuff. But like, so do you know that adult John Michael wouldn't like Atlanta? 
I don't think I wouldn't like it. Uh-huh. I think it would be very different than what I'm used to. Mm. And mm. almost, almost like going to Howard for the first time, mm. you know, almost that level of culture shock to yeah. be like, this is like, when I go home, I'm like, this is slow. Yes. Like the target <laughs> that I worked at down the street from my house, there are literally still the same people from oh, when I was in wow. high school working there. Okay. And I'm like, this ain't it. Yeah. No. And <laughs> I mean, listen, no shade to, if, if that's your choice, yeah, Let oh, by all choice. means, you know, I love Target. <laughs> <laughs> Target is the shit, though. Yes. <laughs> they, I don't know. I, I feel like no one sleeps on Target, but like, I feel like we don't talk about yeah. Target in the same way that we talk about other things yeah. that people are obsessed with. Yeah. Like, I feel like Costco gets a lot of play. Yeah. Target doesn't get that much play. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just an unspoken assumption that yeah. Target is the shit. Yeah. Um, okay, so you grew up in Atlanta. Came to came to Howard, majored in poli sci. Why? So I always wanted to get into politics, and you like, still could and should. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but like even growing up through um, high school, I was always in student government in high school. Um, you know, even outside of school, I was the spokesperson for the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, you know, the organization that Dr. Martin Luther King started. And be clear. Yeah. And <laughs> but because like I was interested in those things. Still, I'm interested in politics. Mm-hmm. Like we walked in here and CNN is on. Like, right. That's not yeah, a mistake. He, no, like no lie. We are <laughs> in his hotel room <laughs> and he was watching yeah. CNN. Yeah. Yeah. And like I, it still interests me, but it's like. Everybody had that expectation of, oh, John Michael's going to go into politics. Oh, he's going to do this, you know, and I was feeding into that. And I was like, oh, this is great. You know, I'm going to go to Washington, D.C. I'm going to be a poli sci major, you know, then I'm going to go to law school Mm -hmm. and then, you know, I'm going to shoot off into some career. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I remember there was this kid I was in undergrad with and or not undergrad. We were in high school together and we had like a silent competition mm-hmm. like it was like one of those unspoken like i'm gonna fuck you up bitch like if you ever <laughs> cross me in the hallway like in between periods yes like and i remember the thing that he said to me right before we graduated from high school was yeah i'm sure i'll see you in dc one day oh and i was just like okay well i guess we'll see each other there you go right. i'm going there next week right right <laughs> you know? so what's up right so what's up but no shade, he's still in Georgia. But Ooh, um, well. but like I got here, I got, you know, started the schooling and it was well, is he is he in politics in Georgia or no? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yikes. No. Don't cross John Michael. <laughs> that is like essentially the lesson to be here. Yeah, but like I, I, I went to school and kinda decided it wasn't for me. Like, like one of fell the, out of love with it or yeah. realized that you never loved it in the first place. Like I think I still loved it. I mm-hmm. think I loved it in a different way mm. because, you know, you get into politics on Howard's campus. My The first thing I ever got into, I wanted to be the vice president of the freshman class or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And then people in our in our dorm, they they tore up my posters when I put them up. Yeah. And I was living. I remember hanging up those posters. Yeah. We were all over campus hanging up your yeah. posters. I and I was that. like, are you kidding me? I was yeah. like, is this it? But then, you know, Howard is extra. So yeah. like that was like my first taste mm. of, you know, outside of high school, like yeah. running for something and like being across campus and connecting with people and whatever. Um, and I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. Yeah. Like maybe being in politics in a different way. Right. Is... I feel like the governing part you would have liked. Right. The, like, the getting elected part is just. Yeah. The election part, not too much. Yeah. You know. Okay. But, yeah. And so then how did you. So, okay, so walk us through after graduation. So after graduation happens, then like... So after graduation, I was still hooked on, hey, I want to go to law school. Mm -hmm. So my first job, I was like, I'm going to work in a law firm. Mm -hmm. I remember this. And I was like, all right, perfect. I I got the law firm job. It was literally like my dad said, you have a month to find a job. So I was scrambling everywhere. I didn't apply to nothing but law firms. Yeah. Got a law firm job, started working there. It was cool, you know you're doing, I was in conflicts. Mm -hmm. So, you know, every piece of new business, I thought that was going to be cool because I get to see what type of work that comes through the law firm. 
Hated it. <laughs> <laughs> hated. Oh, what do you mean hated it? it? Like, what about it did you hate? Like, it was just like, I get the, I'm seeing what the new business is. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing, you know, if this is something that the firm wants to take on. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm working with all the systems, mm-hmm. you know, that they work with. But I'm just like, the the pressure of saying, you need to meet this quota by this time or there's going to be some type of reprimand Mm -hmm. because because the firm can't move forward without your work yeah was like oh shit and then it was a not only do you need to meet the time restraints but everything has to be right yeah and i get it like now further on in my career why conflicts is important Mm -hmm. and why everything does have to be right Mm because you could get sued right at that time i was like is this what it's like to work in a law firm and is this what it's what it's gonna be like after all these years of schooling and being excited about doing this work is this it and for me i was like no right (laughs) like this is not for me and it's weird because even after that i worked for another law firm like in a different capacity but at that time i was just like if this is what it is then i don't think i want it okay um granted very siloed in now looking back on it you're very siloed in conflicts you're not really getting as much exposure to what all the legal field has to offer sitting in a cube and then, you know, I realized that they were starting to fire all the black people. Oh, so yeah, it was, this was me. in D.C. This was in D.C. And it's funny because it was me and one other black girl that were left. Uh-huh. And that girl, she ended up leaving before I left. And she ended up working for my aunt later on, really? <laughs> which was hilarious in the government, which everybody ends up working in the government in some way in mm-hmm. D.C. Um but yeah, so it was like the combination of that, you uh-huh. know, the work was like not exhilarating. There was actually a guy who was supposed to start one time, one day he came in, worked for like four hours and then was like, I, I no, <laughs> literally got up same day and was like, I'm out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so it was that boring. Yeah, and like it was, ridiculous. it was very boring. Okay. It was very, yeah. Damn. Okay, so after that was that, my first job after having right. had a college, and then after that, what happened? Like, so then, how did you get into finance? So yeah, so then after that, my dad was like, my dad was a contractor, so my dad has mm-hmm. has his own business, God, since like 2010, mm-hmm. and He's a boss. um, yeah, now he has, yeah, it's ridiculous. But at that point, he was like, maybe you should try doing contract work, you know, because. If you don't necessarily know what you want to be exposed to, this will be an opportunity for you to say, hey, I have a six month stint at this organization to get exposed to this. If you want to keep it, you can try and renew or you can go into something somewhere mm-hmm. else. So I did a couple contract um, jobs that were somewhat leaning towards what I do now, mm-hmm. um, but very much so entry level. Um, so I worked at a consulting firm where don't quite know exactly what they did (laughs) but i was like an ea okay and so i worked with um i don't want to say her name but like she was just like miranda Priestley. okay literally a hundred percent devil wears prada okay like she would literally she's a a terrorist like an emotional terrorist a monster so she she didn't believe in computers what like using them she was old right she was older yeah (laughs) and so literally when people would email her they were actually emailing me okay and so then i would print out all of the emails highlight the important parts i think i'm remembering this now highlight the important parts right at the top kind of who it was from in a summary of the message and then lay them out on the table in her office i do remember you talking about this you were so miserable it was it was not good and then that was the company where they found out that the coo was embezzling funds and then the fbi showed up and i was like i'm out yeah like i'm just a contractor right (laughs) like i don't know anything about anything um so that was the first contract position Uh and i'm like okay you know, this was the first try, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe it's not like this everywhere. Right. Um, and then not to mention that 
the CEO who I worked for and the president were like having some extramarital affair that was going on. And that was like the unspoken thing that was going on in the office. And, you know, it was a lot. It was a lot going on. Like our chief legal officer, she ended up quitting and she was like, I'm not being a part of this at all. I'm seeking my own personal legal representation in case they decide to come after me. And that was that was the day that I left. When okay. she left, I was like, oh, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely not. Um, yeah, so then after that, I was at a marketing firm doing a, like similar work. Uh-huh. Um, and it was like a small startup. It's actually funny because where I work now, it's literally right down the street within walking distance. Oh, shoot. And they, it was a cool company, mm-hmm. like a cool digital marketing firm. You know, mm-hmm. everybody's, you know, really cool tech it's almost like a tech startup a little bit okay in the middle of dc which is kind of cool yeah that's dope um and i worked with i can't remember what her name was but or what her title was but um it was like the ceo her and then me okay and she would always talk to me about how overwhelmed with work she was and how she didn't have you know much of a life outside of work and stuff like that and literally one day just broke down on L street, you know, with me standing there, like my mom is in town and I haven't seen her because all I do is work here and blah, blah, blah. blah. And I'm like, just like, I'm a contractor. Like, what, right. do, you, like, what do you <laughs> right. want me to do? <laughs> right. You know, um, keep, there's like only like four or five employees. It was actually kind of cool because this kind of ties into something else that I do, but like a former Miss New York, worked there as well oh wow and so that's kind of one of the reasons or one of the ways i got into the whole pageantry stuff too but oh yeah um, if you're looking for a pageant coach (laughs) john michael got you oh lord all of his girls win yeah they try (laughs) (laughs) they're prepared yeah they are very prepared they are very prepared um no but like that that was a cool place to work but i think when the CEO saw that she was like confiding in me. Mm, he was mad, like, or he got mad. Yeah, he was a little threatened by that because he was like, I don't understand what's going on. I know she's overworked, but you know, kind of what's going on here. So when it came to renew the contract, they were just like, no, we're going to go in a different direction or whatever. Okay. Cool. Fine. Whatever. Right. Um, then I worked for one other law firm for a short stint of time just to kind of gain experience because I was as. As I was doing these contracting positions, I was learning that I had a passion for operations, for like mm-hmm. making things run and taking a lot of small pieces and creating process and procedure and, you know, creating policy. So, like, for example, at the firm where they were embezzling funds, mm. I wrote a lot of their HR policy. Okay. You know, I worked with a consultant to help us make sure everything was legally sound. Right. But like literally sitting there typing out, you know, what what makes sense. Right. Um, and then at that firm, you know, putting in place policies and procedures for how they bring in new business. What is our mm. onboarding process for a new business? Um, and I'm like slowly starting to see that I enjoy this type of work. Mm. And so the next firm that I worked for was pretty much like an opportunity for me to gain experience in that realm. Cause I'm like, Hey, if I can turn this into a career, it yeah. may not necessarily be politics, but I like doing these things. Right. Right. Um, and so you're still writing law, but you're just writing internal business law. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 really setting them up to expand and to grow mm-hmm. and to have some type of framework in order to do that. OK. Um, and that's what I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. And so like at that firm, I did a lot because the firms that I worked for were smaller. So mm-hmm. a lot of the responsibilities overlapped. So sometimes I was looking at contracts. Sometimes I was you know, talking to employees about employee relation issues. Sometimes I was, you know, reviewing financial documents. And so, you know, because you're gaining all that experience, you know, I went to a place where they were like, hey, here's our budget. Here are our, you know, our onboarding team. Help us figure out how many employees we need to hire to make sure that we are doing intake. This was a law firm Mm. doing intake you know, in a way that makes sense, you know, put some systems in place for us to be able to actually filter through business in a way that garners us good business, mm-hmm. but 
you know, doesn't necessarily get us tied up in something that's not going to be worth it in right. the long run monetarily. Okay. Um, and so that was amazing experience. They were crazy as hell, but that was an amazing <laughs> experience. And I feel like that's what got me the job that I have now. Okay. Um, you know, um, yeah, like I, I, I just really enjoy making things run. Um, you are, I would say, well, hold on before I get in trouble, because <laughs> I have other organized friends, but I want to say that you are by far the most organized and si while simultaneously being chill and being able to roll with the punches yeah. person that I know. I have other friends who are just <laughs> as organized, but if the shit starts going a little haywire, they, they get upset. Yeah. You're not like that. Yeah. But like in the, in my line of work, you have to be, you know, flexible or whatever, mm -hmm. like, because shit is going to happen. Mm -hmm. And especially where I am now, like, Every day is something. And it's like even more of the outside world and what happens in the outside world affects our work. Mm -hmm. Like we just talked about everything that's going on in the world. This whole Iran stuff directly impacted our business. Right. You know, and we wake up one day and this is on the TV and we're like, OK, what does that mean? Right. You know, right. when when Treasury comes out with new policies, what does that mean? Mm. You know, Um and how does that impact our business? Yeah. And how does that impact the resources that our employees need? Okay. So, I mean, it's like a lawyer. That's oh, what we do. It's, it's funny because we have a chief legal officer and he's like, he's like, I feel like you've looked at as, as many contracts as I have. Yeah. I'm like, because I, we were, I worked at a firm where it was like 12 people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they couldn't afford a you. So right. somebody had to look at it right. and see if it made sense and do some research. I'm like, I, by no means am I a lawyer. Right. But I'm like, I can tell if something doesn't look right. Right. right and then right. I ask you. <laughs> exactly. And he appreciates it because he does not want to be doing all the work. Right. He's like, I don't have time for this. Right. <laughs> um, okay. So that's cool. I'm glad to know that. My ne okay, so now that we're done talking about how you got to where you are, where are you going? Like, is that is this the end goal? Do you have other? You know, the the average millionaire has seven streams of income. Yeah, right. We need to get them streams up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you got a couple. Yeah, yeah. And, well, no, more than a couple. Wait, wait. A couple means two, right? Yeah. So you have several. So I have. Yes, if it's more, if several is more than two, yes. then yeah. Okay. Yeah, so um, I run an event planning and consultation firm. Okay, be cool. Can we, yeah, shout it out. Yeah, it's called <laughs> Polished to Perfection Consulting and Event Design. And they, his events do be polished to perfection. <laughs> we have to be, you yeah. know. I, our idea, our goal is that we specialize in life celebrations. And we want to make sure your life celebrations are celebratory in the most perfect way that it can be. So whether you're doing a retirement party or you're getting married or you're celebrating a birthday or you just want to have a party, mm. you know, we do we like to say we do as much or as little as you want us to do. Mm. Um, there are some people who come to us and say, I don't want to do anything. I just want to show up. Okay. I'm like, OK, cool. We can right. do that. Right. You know, um, and there's some people that want to be in part of every single aspect of the planning process do you per you sound like you don't prefer that it's i'm flexible <laughs> <laughs> he's flexible i'm flexible because you know i want you to enjoy it you're you're paying for it you know it's it, it should be and it's in celebration of you so it should be what you everything you want it to be and more right um you know and that's something that spawned out of me just enjoying making things run Okay. Um, you know, started the company back in 2014, and we've been going ever since. Oh, listen. Okay, that's more companies than I got. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so pageant coaching, P2P events. Yeah. So, um, pageant coaching um, started at Howard. Mm -hmm. Really, the first pageant that I helped with was the Coas pageant, um, and didn't really expect to be 
a part like or enjoy doing something like that? that was oh, cool. co-ops, by the way, is College of Arts and Sciences. Oh, yes. College yeah. of Arts and Sciences. That's our the way we referred to it yeah. at Howard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there wasn't necessarily something that I thought would be would be something that I was interested in, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a, f- for me, getting those contestants ready is very fulfilling mm-hmm. in terms of what their overall presentation is going to be. Mm-hmm. Are you, you know, can you articulate yourself in a way that is true to yourself, but also something that someone would say, hey, I want you to represent me. Yeah. I see myself in you. Okay, so let me ask you this, because it is uh, 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, Women are more empowered than they ever have been and hopefully will continue to become more empowered because we're not done Mm -hmm. with that type of work. Mm -hmm. What do you say to someone who's like, pageantry is, you know, anti-feminist? Like, it's not good yeah i would say pageantry is one of the most feminist things we can do okay at this point the way that it has transformed okay before because they used to call them beauty pageants Mm. you know and you're just really judging a woman based on her appearance and how she walks across the stage right and now like a dog show almost. right it's basically like, really. like a dog show. <laughs> yeah, yeah how many tricks can you do in right. the two and a half hours that we can see you on stage right. we don't want to hear you speak right we just want to see you mm-hmm. um but now it's like you see and of course there's still a lot of work that needs to be done mm-hmm. but now you see a lot of the pageants giving you or presenting you with women that are very smart Mm-hmm. You know, very intelligent, have have a lot to say, yes. rightfully so. Yes, um, are aesthetically pleasing in whatever way they they ex- choose to express themselves, um, and I think it it allows it allows people to see women in a different light than what they have traditionally yeah. been um, shown in pageantry. Because you know, you have incredible women on these stages that are involved in so many, not just philanthropic things, but, you know, involved in the sciences, involved in, you know, all kinds of things, finance, you know, in the military, you know, you have, you have all different types of women that are involved in these pageants and being able to work with a woman to say, work with a woman or a man, Mm. you know, because I've coached both. Right. Um, Do men have pageants? Oh yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Okay, we're gonna have to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> is there prize money? Like you win? Yeah, you can win money. Uh, you know, some some people they win scholarship money or yeah. whatever the case may be. But yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. I would have been um, <laughs> trying to be the pageant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it's just so cool to be able to be a part of that process. Like yeah. the most recent person I coached, she was 59 years old. Oh. She was in the Miss Senior America pageant. Okay. And you know, one of the things I said, I said, "Why do you want to do this?" Mm-hmm. And she's like. Because I can't, you know, it's not, it's not a matter of me saying, Hey, I'm a, I'm a woman and I want to be a part of this. Mm -hmm. She's like, I just can. Right. You know, and I have a talent that I want. Her talent was Zumba dancing. Okay. And I said, you get out there and we're going to work on your choreography and, you know, we're going to come up with the littest Zumba dance these people have ever seen. Yeah. You know, and, and she, she had a career. She had a life to talk about. You know, she had, she, she started businesses of her own. And it was just fun for her. And it was just fun for her. Okay. That's good. And shout out to the newest Miss Universe, right? Yeah. I don't know her name. Um, I can't pronounce it. So okay, I'm try. there we go. Uh, she's she was formerly Miss South Africa. Yep. She's Miss Universe now. She was told that she couldn't wear without a weave. She won anyway. Right, she won anyway. Um, and she said on the Daily Show mm-hmm. that like she's going to use her platform for good and yeah. change the world. Yeah, so absolutely. You're right. This is kind of like. And now we hear these women speak, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. and and see that they are much more than a quote unquote pretty face. Right. And I think that's becoming expected, though, now. Right. Like like when you get to that portion of it, you can't be out there talking about 
yeah. nonsense. Yeah, as it should be. Okay. Well, <laughs> next thing is Hot Topics. Is there anything while you have Ooh. the mic in the people's ears? that We are at the kickback. Everyone turn the music down. <laughs> We're all a little bit lit, and you have something to say. What do you want to speak on? It could be anything. Oh, Lord. You put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> what do I want to say? I want to say, New Yorkers, y'all need to learn how to walk in a straight line. <laughs> I've been here for fucking 48 hours. Yeah. And I have been so frustrated walking down these streets. Yeah. That's just a small thing, a small little rant. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do I want to say? I want to say... Ooh. In the meantime, can we shout out your... like If you have TikTok, and if you don't, you have a, a little brother or sister that does, tell them to follow at... Uh, Father Quincy. Father Quincy. It's his little brother who is oh, literally Lord. famous. He has over 75,000 followers. Oh, yeah. And we need that number to go up. Who would have known? Because there is a TikToker. <laughs> so I subscribe to The Hollywood Reporter. Mm-hmm. I got a notification breaking news that, like, Samantha, I don't know that's her real name or not, famous TikToker just signed with, like, uh, an agency oh like a major God. agency like these kids are like yeah yeah they are making lives and careers out of social out of, media right and so we need his social media to yeah. go up we need him to get signed yeah yeah i'm addicted to youtube oh, like i watch more okay. youtube than anything and i watch these youtube couples and these youtube personalities mm-hmm. and they are like there was a kid that made like 35 million dollars off of youtube last year yeah it's wild. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's wild. Where do I sign up? Right. Not only that, but like, it's also a little bit depressing. Like, yeah. actually, I'll probably go home and like eat a tub of ice cream. <laughs> the fact that like, go to law school, they said. Yeah. Right. <laughs> go to grad school, they said, because right. that's what I did. <laughs> exactly. Go to grad school, get a business degree, get a law degree, and you'll be rich. Yeah. Psych. No. Sign up for YouTube. Exactly. <laughs> that's where you need to and be. Start making video. Make a TikTok. Yes. <laughs> And dance and yeah. do little dances and be funny. If I had known, Ugh. I would be twerking my ass off like Miley Cyrus. Okay. On somebody's TikTok. Okay. Right now. Um. Okay. So really. So and nothing. No hot topics. What are, What are you watching right now? What am I? I just finished watching The Witcher. On okay. Oh, was Apple that, TV it Plus. Looks, it looks like um, Game of Thrones. It to was me. just like Game of Thrones. Okay. It was good, but it was just like Game of Thrones. Okay. Um, I watch. Um, oh, I watched the morning show on on um, Apple TV Plus too. Oh, that's with recents. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that good? It was actually pretty good. It was all about you know the Me Too movement and everything like that. Yeah. it was good. You yeah. know, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I need to watch more trash TV because I'm a little behind the, on yeah. Housewives of Atlanta. Oh, um, yeah, I've seen the clips on <laughs> on oh, Instagram man. and I'm just like, why am I di- like, what am I doing? Uh, yeah. Because, <laughs> um, you know, my girl Portia has yes. always been my girl. Yeah. Shout out to Portia. <laughs> Fight me later if you want to. Shout right. out to Portia. Um, what else am I watching? Oh, God. We were just talking about how there's so much TV I need to watch. I know there is. I mean, but you can never keep keep up with it. It's just yeah. like so much. Oh, I just saw that the Jonas Brothers reenacted. It was on TikTok. Yes. Reenacted that scene from Keeping Up with the yes. Kardashians. That was fucking hilarious. <laughs> but when you go back and watch the original, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. It's so funny. I need them to reenact it. Yes. That would yeah. be hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm... Uh, Rooting for Meghan Markle. Yes. Um, oh, let's talk about that. Yeah, I'm. I'm all for. They're her. calling it Megxit. <laughs> They're calling it Megxit. Yes. No, but the fact that the whole so I don't know if the people know what what happened, but break like break it down, break it down. Um, Meghan and Prince Harry decided to step back from their roles as senior royals Mm -hmm. and they're going to work to become financially independent and Mm -hmm. they're going to live between North America, Mm -hmm. as they said. Which is like Canada. Right. I mean, they're going to be in Canada. Right. And the UK. Mm -hmm. So apparently the royal family did not know. The queen did not know, did not run this by her. I think it's trifling. I think I thought that piece was very trifling yeah. too. Like how you just gonna be like, all right, I'm out. Yeah, and then she, Megan tried it. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. she did try up. it, and she's lucky that she did not just like have an accident. Right, no. right, because that's how they get down. Exactly. Um, 
But then the, the queen called like a meeting with her family and everything like that. Megan was already in Canada. Right. And was like, I'm not coming back. Right. So I will dial in. Mm, <laughs> Megan is not playing these hoes. <laughs> she was like, I will dial in to right. the family meeting. Um, and I guess like the queen is like, hey, we need to figure out this stuff in the next coming days or weeks and shit yeah. like that. But quite frankly, after all the shit that like they were saying about her, mm. apparently um, one of the queens, was it her cousin or her niece or something like that, came to the wedding with like a, a brooch that has been known to be traditionally you know, racist. racist. Like it had like, an old like all blackface, blackface yeah. like cartoon on it. Yeah. She tried it. Yeah, she tried it like hell. Like all the, um, there was this video that I was watching on Instagram of them portraying um, Megan's pregnancy versus, what's her name? I don't even know. Caitlin or- Kate, Kate Middleton. Yeah, 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 yeah. Against, against her pregnancy. And they were talking about, oh, you know, on Kate, uh, she's caressing her stomach, you know, she's, you know, holding her baby bump. And then this Megan does the same thing. And it was like, oh, what's she trying to say? You know, she's not a for pregnancy for women being in power during their pregnancy, like crazy stuff like that. And I'm like, she's pregnant. Yeah. Like, let her live. Yeah. Like, what's going on? And like anti-blackness is so real because like. To know that she's half black yeah. was enough for them to hate her because she yeah. don't even look black. Yeah, she doesn't. I'm sorry. And listen, Megan, I know that you're very proud of your black heritage and I'm proud that you're proud. But phenotypically, yeah. back in the day, you would have passed. Pass. Yeah, for sure. I was just about to say that. <laughs> so Lighter than that brown paper bag. Okay. <laughs> and so I just feel like for them to not be able to get over her, it, yeah. it has nothing to do with the way she looks. Yeah. It's just and it was in like the tabloids. Like, yeah, and they were talking about how she was being affected by it. Yeah. And, you know, it was emotionally affecting her and probably mentally affecting her. Yeah. Like, quite frankly. And then, hell, Harry's like, I ain't never going to be king. Anyway, for uh, real. Right. He's like, not even, like, seventh in line. Yeah, or yeah, he's like eight or ninth in line now. Because right. his brother had all these kids. Right. <laughs> And no one gives a like no one gives a fuck about him. Yeah, I mean no shade. I mean like I care now because yeah. you're at the cookout. But yeah. like <laughs> yeah, right. you're welcome to the kick yeah. the kickback. <laughs> uh, you and Megan both. Yeah, so I don't blame them at all. It was trifling not to say nothing to the yeah, queen first. That was but, trifling. You know, she I don't blame seems. Them. And so here's my thing: like the queen, like from what we heard and what we saw, the queen like really fucked with Megan at first. Yeah. Like, so my thing was like, was it all fake? Yeah. Yeah. You think it was all fake? I don't know if it was necessarily all fake, but I think it's like it's like being a black person in a white space. Mm. It's you know they um, fuck with you until they don't. They fuck with you until they don't. Yeah, like hi, how are you? You know, hey, we can laugh, we can kiki over here. Right. You know, we can do what we can go out together. They can take pictures of us together because you're the newest, hottest thing. Mm -hmm. And hey, look, guys, look at my black friend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But now when the rubber meets the road, and you bitch want to have a brain and think for yourself, mm. whoa, what you doing? Right, right, right. You know, oh, you want to make your own money? House way. Right. Right, you right. forgot that you needed me. Yeah. No, Megan said, "Oh no, I got this deal with Disney." Right. <laughs> or slash, I've been acting. Right, I've been acting. Right, and she was a damn good one. Right. Okay. So, Megan, well, good luck, Meg. Yeah, good luck, Meg. Yeah, get good your luck. Meg up. Yeah, I just, I'm a little bit salty that that baby didn't come out like more black. I mean, yeah. we knew it wasn't, but like, if yeah. it had come out looking like Whoopi Goldberg, I <laughs> that would have been everything. That would have been everything. Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. And so people are talking about how, like, this might be the end of the royal family as we know it. I think that's dramatic. Yeah, that's very dramatic. But, like, if this black queen could step in, fuck their shit up real quick, and then be like, I'm out. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm out. <laughs> she, they are never going to allow another royal to marry a black person. Or an American. <laughs> or an like, American. And I think it's, like, the way she went about this was also, like, not just black, but, like, very American. Yeah, I'm going to do this my way, and yeah. I'm going to do it now. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, we're a little bit trifling, and by a little bit, a lot of bit trifling. Um, okay, so really quick, mm -hmm. as we wrap up, what what is the mess? The mess. The mo <laughs> it probably is a mess. But what is the most memorable 
moment that we've had together, in your opinion? It could be good or bad. Oh, God. And you don't have to worry about hurting my feelings. You don't have to worry about <laughs> you. You can just, whatever comes to mind. The most memorable moment we had together was probably, oh, God. I would say there's a couple okay. <laughs> that are coming to mind. <laughs> okay. I'm scared now. <laughs> no. <laughs> the first one was like a small moment, mm-hmm. but I always remember it. So it was not long after we met. Mm-hmm. And I think this was in the spring, probably of that semester, okay. of that school year, I mean. And we were looking for um they were having fashion show rehearsals in blackburn student center at howard uh-huh. and we're walking up and i guess this other girl who didn't really know anybody or was looking for friends or whatever i, I don't know who the fuck this woman was right. i'm sorry to this woman <laughs> <laughs> um, but she saw us and she was like hi who are you and i'm like i'm john michael and she was like oh you're and she was like who are you and you were like i'm michael and she's like oh and you guys found each other i was like Wait, no, 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 yeah. no. It's not that type of thing here. Like, we're friends. Like, yeah. who the fuck are you? Right, right. <laughs> I always remember that for some reason. Um, and I think I always remember going to George school for the first time uh-huh. with you. Uh-huh. Um, that was an experience. Uh-huh. I'd never been to a place like that before. And uh-huh. I was just like, and you were like, this is this. And this is how we used to do this. And this is what we call this. I'm like, this is... A culture shock. (laughs) (laughs) Like, who are you people? (laughs) Yes. Um, I always remember that. And then I always remember um, going to your house for the first time. Yes. And how lit Philly was. It was me, you, Adiana, and Jaren. Yeah. Yes. That was such a good trip. Damn. We have to do it again. Absolutely. Um, And we will very soon. Um, Okay. The most memorable moment I remember god i didn't know this was gonna be like a two-part thing so so not not the not the most one of the most memorable moments was when i realized that you were crazy (laughs) just a little bit just like a little bit of a lot you had a relationship back home and we were outside of not blackburn but crampton and Mm. you when you were going off oh, God. on that phone you were going <laughs> off and i was like sh- like i was so shook i was like you can't say those things like you'll go to jail like <laughs> <laughs> where <laughs> where yeah you, how i'm supposed to not be crazy <laughs> that, that's real and i was like he's john michael's crazy and i how i'm supposed that. to stop <laughs> I, I fucks, oh i remember meeting Tehran for the first time oh uh, yeah remember yep. it was I, like it was and we stumbled upon that like yep. it was outside of carver yep. and he was and in the he street, was like, in the street with his purse yes and he was going around and he came up to us and touched our faces yes i remember I'll never that. forget that i was like did he just touch my face yeah and then he was like um he was like what's your name and i was like john michael he's like oh i like that <laughs> i was like wait a minute what the fuck is happening <laughs> Teron is such a character i love him um and then wait there was there's another one that i was thinking of that i cannot remember at the moment but it's okay um because two is enough um okay last thing is do you have any like gems or words of wisdom that you want to drop to like whoever whether it's a girl that wants to get into pageantry or it's a little boy that is like you or whatever you know Mm -hmm. like yeah i think one thing that i've been learning over the last really in the last year but mostly over the last couple years is that it is completely okay to say the words i want Mm. i think my my life has transformed more in the time that I learned how to express what I wanted in many different arenas, be it at work, be it in my personal life, be it with family, be it with friends, whatever the case may be. Because a lot of people, especially black men, don't always verbalize truly what they want. 
And I think that prohibits us from being happy. Because at the end of the day, you know, I think I genuinely think that at the end of the day, you either do something with your life that you genuinely like or you do something with with your life that that allows you to do something else that you genuinely like. And if we're not able to sit here and say, hey, I want to make six figures or I want to have a successful relationship or I want to, you know, have friends that do X, Y and Z or you know, I want to go to this place, then you put that kind of in the atmosphere, you put that in the universe for it to come to you. You start to attract the things that you want to do. If you're genuinely saying that you want these things, Mm -hmm. you know, and you genuinely believe that you want these things, you know, Mm -hmm. there's so many people out here that continuously say, I want to be the best. I want to be the first. I want to make the most money. I want to have, you know, the littest fucking parties or have the best career or whatever the case may be. But that genuinely doesn't make them happy. They do it because they see other people do it or Mm -hmm. they do it because they know, oh, I can make a whole bunch of money. Right. But once you actually start to say, I want X, Y, and Z, and you fill in the blank Mm -hmm. in multiple aspects of your life or the various aspects of your life that's when those things actually start to happen and then that's when you're actually happy wow yeah that i think was, about this a lot listen <laughs> that was deep um from black man to black man i'm you know it was getting a little dusty in here i was like <laughs> oh my gosh yeah we because we don't even when it comes to our own emotions yeah like i want to be able to cry yeah yeah. I want to be able to be vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were just talking about this earlier. Like over the past year, it was like, I realized that mental health and mental illness in the black community, of course, I always knew it was real, mm-hmm. but it wasn't tangible to me mm-hmm. until the last 12 months. Right. Not necessarily speaking about like, yeah, also speaking about my own mental health, my own, you know, physical mm-hmm. health, you know, spiritual health, all that stuff. But it's real. Mm-hmm. And it's from my observation, of course, I'm no psychiatrist or psychologist or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not even a therapist. Right. You know, um, from what I've seen, it stems from black men not being able to accurately and effectively articulate how they feel mm-hmm. and what they really want from those feelings. Right. You know? Without being like demonized. Yeah, without being demonized, you know, fear of rejection, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, hyper masculinity, mm-hmm. you know, all of that stuff. And until one, we're able to talk about it. Yeah. It's still going to be a thing that plagues us all the time. Yeah. Every single day. And I, and I would say over the last year, I've heard it i've seen it it's been tangible in my life and i'm like this i don't know god what you're trying to tell me right you know do i need to do something about this like do i need to try yeah i don't know but i'm like maybe this is the year that i figure that piece out Mm -hmm. but like last year it was prevalent it was in my it was in my face right you know you know i was telling you earlier i had somebody have a whole bipolar episode in my living room that shit is scary and this shit was scary as fuck yeah <laughs> it was scary as fuck like i'm not even gonna lie to you it was yeah. scary as fuck i was like whoa what the fuck i thought we were cool yeah but it looking back on it i'm like this is probably you know maybe what caused it or maybe what elevates it or blows it up or mm-hmm. causes it to happen or whatever the case may be um there's nothing wrong with medication no. There's nothing wrong with talking to somebody about well, medication that you're prescribed. Yeah, medication right. that you're prescribed. Well, and then also the other type that you're not prescribed. Sometimes there's nothing. Just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. No, don't do that. <laughs> um, but no, like it's 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 very real. And, you know, anxiety is real. Mm-hmm. Um, PTSD is real. Mm-hmm. Um, and it affects black people, black men, mm-hmm. and we need to talk about it. Yeah. And being able to say, I want a better life mm-hmm. is the first step to being able to get a better life. Real talk. 
Well, thank you. Yeah, no, Mr. thank you. Mr. Washington <laughs> for coming to the kickback. Uh, and as I say every time, even though it doesn't always apply, you don't have to go home. <laughs> <laughs> but you might just have to get up on out of here. Yeah. Thank you again for coming. Thank you. And everyone check below for information regarding his services. 